This country is not as afraid as they're putting on. I was in town yesterday to pick up a couple of items, and uh, downtown Corsicana didn't have parking spaces anywhere. I went to the lumber yard, and I had to stand in line. And I'm not talking about Home Depot. I'm talking about right here in town. I went to a fast food restaurant to get my wife a breakfast sandwich. And uh, I was in line all the way out to the uh, street on 7th Avenue. And then when uh, I tried to cross 7th and, and head home, I had to sit there forever because it was like downtown Dallas, cars running everywhere. And... Uh, I, uh, I want you all to know that this morning when I came to church, Corsicana was like a ghost town. Duh. <laughs> and, uh, and the last time in my life that I bought extra toilet tissue was when I was in high school and we were going to TP the principal's front yard. <laughs> was that been like 14 years ago now or so? <laughs> I'm just kidding. And uh, and there's a church in our town. <laughs> yeah, you just want some. <laughs> we'll have a meeting after church. And uh, we'll get a helicopter in here. But uh, but I was, uh, I, I was so uh, uniquely blessed the other day when one of our members called and said that there was a church in our town going knocking door to door with their business cards, you know, certain church. And they were going door to door, honest to God, Boy Scouts honor. Yeah, not Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts. What? Where's Bill Grouser? You know, do the salute. Uh, they were going door to door, and they were, if you'll visit our church Sunday, we will give you free toilet tissue. Right? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Now, they didn't come 13 miles out in the country. They didn't want us. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I just want you all to know that this, this, uh, this world is getting uh, some of its uh, most unusual things going on that I've ever seen in my life. But I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I love God. I wash my hands. Ain't that good? I wash my hands. I use hand sanitizer. I elbow bump everybody that I can. And then for you that I can't, I just look at you and wave or throw you. God bless you. And uh, so anyhow, it is really good to be here. Now, you'll wonder why I'm up here. Uh, Michael uh, came down. Please don't panic. He has a migraine, not, not the other stuff, okay? And he was really feeling rough. And uh, they contacted me and asked me to preach this morning. I said, yee-haw, not because he was feeling bad, but because I got to preach this morning. And Michael had invited me to preach next Sunday, so guess what? You get me two in a row. No, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. He did invite me, but uh, I, I will be happy to trade that one for this one, and uh, that will be A-OK. -okay. And uh, so please enjoy the love of God, would you please? And be happy in the Lord. Jesus is alive. And by the way, God bless Donald Trump. How different is that? That a president who would not be afraid to offend a nation by telling everybody to go to God in prayer about something that the nation needs prayer for. Amen. I know that probably some uh, in here, there might be a few Republicans in here. Uh, but y'all are just missing good places to laugh. You really are. And so I just want everybody to know how much I appreciate uh, our country. And God bless America today. Would you agree with that? God bless America today. Well, I got over to the office this morning, got my pick and shovel out, and went to work real hard. Man, I was digging and digging and digging and digging. And I had a little prayer time with uh, Rob Glass, and we enjoyed the fellowship together and then I got over here, and I was seated all the time during church uh, while the praise and worship was going on. Uh, and somebody looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to get a sermon <laughs> real hard. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I, I think I have one. So everybody ready for it, say amen. Now, don't forget that tonight we'll be here to pray. If you're concerned 
Why don't you get in your car and drive back over here at night, 6 o'clock. You don't have to stay two hours. Stay 30 minutes, 20. Just come over here and pray. Somebody said, I can do that at home. Corporate prayer is vital in the Scriptures. The Bible said, do not forsake yourselves in going to church. And the closer you get to the coming of the Lord, the more you ought to go to church. That's what it says. And don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And come back tonight and pray. All you got to do is walk in, sit down, kneel, uh, you know, just get somewhere by yourself for a little while and pray corporately. Uh, and th that'll work out good. That'll work out real good. And uh, don't live in fear and use wisdom. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Tell people you love them. And, uh, and uh, be nice in the grocery store. You know, don't shoot anybody in the parking lot, okay? Uh, just let God bless you and help you. Everybody say amen to that. All right. Uh, it's good to be here. Amen. I want to talk today. Young people, I really kind of feel bad that y'all are over there because I was going to shoot two barrels straight toward y'all. And uh, they were going to be filled with good buckshot. Okay, not, not bad stuff, all right? And I was gonna, I, and I was gonna hit you guys. Here's what I'm gonna do. And uh, no, <laughs> Amen. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, I want everybody to know when, when you're out there and over here, and I refer to these young people, uh, I'm gonna be talking to their heart, and to their soul, and to their spirit, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a direction from the Holy Spirit today, that God has burned inside my spirit, and I want to praise the Lord for that. Uh, I'm going to be going through some different things here. So if I shuffle my notes a little more than normal, you'll realize that uh, I've got bits and pieces. What does the Old Testament say in King James? Hither and thither. Yeah, that's what it said. He smote the water. Then went hither and thither. Well, I'm going hither and thither up here. That means back and forth in modern English, okay? So we're going to enjoy... The blessing of God. Thank you, praise team. You guys did a marvelous job today. Amen. Uh, I was listening to that playing and singing. I thought, wow, we're in good hands. We're in good shape. And everybody's agreeing with that. Say amen. So God is so very, very good. I want to uh, go to the book of Psalms, if you have your Bible. And uh, we're going to go to Psalms. Uh, chapter 51, Psalms 51. I have that written down here somewhere. I don't know where, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Amen. And uh, uh, so we're going to go to Psalms 51. And I, I want to uh, uh, get down to something that is really good here and uh, just kind of let God's Spirit talk to us because I'm going to talk about the condition of the heart. The condition of the heart. Uh, <clears throat> this this is a great uh, psalm of cleansing. How many of y'all ever had uh, God cleanse you? Say amen. Uh, we we need that regularly, don't we? Amen. And uh, it it has a, a, a powerful and very dynamic truth in it. And, and I'm going to read this to you, and I think that perhaps it will, uh, it will do us very, very good. Uh, let, let's go to uh, verse number 7, uh, Psalms 51, 7. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I'm going to talk today about a renewed spirit and a heart that is right. A heart that is right. I'm going to begin by 
given a personal experience or two. I was blessed by God to be what we call in ancient history a PYPA director. If you don't know what that means, that means Pentecostal Young People's Association, PYPA. And uh, that was a group in our churches. Now they call them uh, different things, and all of those titles that we have now are better than the ones we had then, a whole lot better. Like uh, we have uh, uh, the, the group that, that's, that's in our churches, like we have connect groups and we have prayer groups and we have uh, student ministries and we have uh, you know impact and we have all kinds of good things that are relevant in this society but I learned some things when I was in youth work that have lived inside my heart for the past half a century or more number one I had to realize that it was a great call that God was in control and no matter what anybody said it was the call of God and it was beautiful and wonderful and it would never fail if you walk with a right heart it's only when your heart is not right that you start tasting your bitterness and I want you to hear that and I ended up being a youth secretary of sorts and then after that uh, I didn't ever put that on my resume by the way uh, and then I, after that, I was a youth president in East Texas in the section we were in. And it was great. We had good times. We sang and praised God and danced and shouted. We shouted at the drop of a hat. And we brought our own hat to drop. So whenever we wanted to dance, we just dropped it and went after it. Does that make sense? And uh, then after that, I became a district youth president. And when I was over somewhere around 78 churches for seven and a half years. And Barbara will testify that that was the delight of our life. It was beautiful because we had a heart that was right for it. Is anybody hearing my text again and again and again and again? Okay. So later on, we went to world headquarters. And by the way, I didn't get kicked out here in East Texas I got voted back in. And then when I got voted back in for two more years, I'd already been in for seven and a half years, we went to world headquarters, and the entire nation of this denomination loved me enough to vote me in over the whole United States of America for two years. And then I went back to the next convention, and they did it again. And I got tired, but I never got tired of youth work. I just got tired in my body. Everybody hearing that today. And when I got weary in my body, I was tired of airports and traveling. I was tired of being weary, walking into a pulpit with toothpicks holding up my eyelids from getting off of a plane, flying all night long across from one coast to the other and landing somewhere and walking off with a briefcase in my hand and my luggage lost and sent to Denver when I was in like maybe uh, 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 Sacramento and uh, I'd have to go to Walmart and, and uh, uh, buy socks or whatever because my suitcase and my briefcase were on an airport because some dude in Tulsa had his mind in a coma with those headsets on and put my luggage on the wrong jet. And uh, I lost my victory in Jesus a few times in that. And I'd go to the baggage carousel, and when I got there, it'd be going around and around, and all the beer drinkers and smokers and cussers would be right there telling their dirty jokes and getting their luggage, and I was the only Holy Ghost filled man in the whole house, and mine wasn't not there. And they got their way, and I didn't get mine. Somebody said, Are you making this up? Absolutely not. I wish you could have been with me. And one time I was waiting on my luggage, and it wasn't there. And I had to preach in two hours and had to rent a car to get there. And <laughs> And uh, true story, I said, oh, Lord. And about that time, something elbowed me in the ribs real hard. And I looked and knew who it was? The Apostle Paul. And you know what he said? He said, Gary, rejoice in the Lord always. 
And I said, but Paul, and he said, and again, I say rejoice. Everybody saying again, I say rejoice. So the greatest years of our young ministry was work with young people, the delight of our life. We had trials and tests and anxieties. We had schedules to keep. We'd go down the road and we'd stop in a church parking lot to get ready. We'd run to a fifth-wheel travel trailer. And, and, and we have stories to tell that would make you laugh and cry. And, and, and one of these days, uh, I'm going to call an off night, and I'm going to tell some of these stories. I went to southwest Texas and did it not long ago. And uh, uh, I talked for 45 minutes and didn't get a half through. And when I left, people were laughing their heads off and crying their eyes out. And, it, and, it, and the grandsons were with me. It, it was a great day. So what I'm going to tell you that when you have a right heart, you're not bitter. You have joy. Somebody said, is that your opinion, Brother Johnson? Absolutely not. That's God's opinion. Because David went through it, and David saw it in his own life, and he said, God, would you renew in me a right spirit and cleanse my heart and make it what it should be? And, and I want everybody to know that uh, your resume for your future is worthless if your heart's not right. Because people who fill out resumes should be winning the Nobel Prize for fiction a lot of times. Some of y'all got that. You actually got that. I hear little laughs going on all over this house. How many of y'all didn't get it? You wouldn't raise your hand, would you? Uh, I just want you to understand that they pass out Pulitzer Prizes and, and all kinds of great prizes for great things that have been accomplished. But people who fill out resumes, sometimes uh, they, they should be awarded the great prize for fiction because you can brag on yourself all day, all day long, but if your heart's not right, the joy of the Lord is not in there. The joy of the Lord is not going to get anything done because of what's going on inside and so it's a matter of the heart you see once a year a long time ago we had lake halbert where we got our water has anybody been around enough long enough to remember the water coming from lake halbert how many of y'all don't know where lake halbert is could i see your hand uh all right so so anyway uh once a year the water in lake halbert would do what you call turn over. How many of y'all remember that? Now you could turn on the water at your house and put it in a glass. And then when you got ready to drink it, it had an odor to it. They said, oh, it's pure. It stinks, but it's pure. You can drink it and it won't hurt you. Everybody grin real big. I I'm trying to get it conveyed across today that there's joy in living for God when your heart's right. Come on, buddy. Shout amen. Oh, but you don't know the trials I've been through. No, I don't, but, but I know the ones I've been through. I remember how many times I raised my trunk at a gas station and sold somebody something that I owned to get enough gas to go preach the next revival. Now you know some of it. And I know the time when my wife is so modest that she's never dressed ungodly. I see more people walking in the Walmart with fewer clothes on than my grandma wore to bed. <laughs> Amen. Come on, body of Jesus. Elbow your neighbor and say, that's for you, Bubba. All right. Uh, and so, are y'all on the platform with me? I need, I need help from both sides up here. And, uh, uh, and, and my wife, very modest. And we preached a revival and we were broke. We didn't have any money. I promise you we didn't have any money. We had, we had a car and, and it had been recently been wrecked and the front fender was caved in on it. Can you imagine whole, driving to a nice church, a whole revival with a busted in fender on your car and get out? I mean, you know, pride. Right down the drain. And, and we were going... Uh, uh, in a revival, and God is moving, and people getting saved. Who was over? This guy comes up to us, and he says, Brother Johnson, could you and your wife drop by our house on the way out of town? 
and he was in the revival every night. And uh, so I said, let me get back with you on that. And I said, uh, I went to the pastor because I wouldn't go to anybody's house without pastor's approval or with him with me. He said, oh, yeah, you need to go there. He said, God's got a big old farm out there. He's got black Angus cattle. He drives a brand-new Buick, whatever it is. It was a high-end. And uh, he said, that guy's, you know, he's got tractors, and he's got uh, all this kind of stuff. And, man, he said, go out there. He said, that guy's liable to hand you a $100 bill. And I, I looked at Barbara, and I said, honey, I said, we could use 100 bucks. Why don't we go out there? So we went out there. And the guy said, hi, preacher, come on in. And we went in, and he said, I need to talk to you out in the garage. So I walked out in the garage, and uh, he, he talked to me, just shop talk. How much he enjoyed my preaching. Well, in a few minutes, my wife came out of the house. We were ready to leave. And uh, she got in the car and smiled, and we waved by. And I looked at her, and she had tears running down her eyes. I said, what is going on? She said, what did he talk to you about? And I said, oh, shop talk farming, ranching, cattle. Uh, he, he had a big valley down there in one of the river bottoms where he grew peanuts and uh, talked to me about the peanut crop. And uh, she said, uh, okay. And her voice was cracking. And I said, what did she talk to you about? And, and my wife is modest. Now, you know that. She always has been. And that elderly Pentecostal preacher woman said to my wife, when you're, when you're standing up, your dress does not go down past the bottom long enough, and you need to start wearing longer dresses. I'm just trying to help your ministry, Sister Johnson. And you know what we got out of that deal? A sack of raw peanuts that tall and that big around and a whole lot of madness. I hit my brakes, and Barbara said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going back. I'm going to handle this. And she said, nope. I was raised in a preacher's home, too. Your daddy didn't do that stuff, and my daddy didn't do that stuff. Let's just go. I said, no, ma'am. I'm going back there, and I'm going to handle that. And I looked at her, and she said, please. And I looked at her, and I said, are you serious? She said, yep. Let's just turn around go on our journey. And you know what happened? And it wasn't a matter of a little while. We were laughing and talking again. And uh, we enjoyed our peanuts. Are you hearing me? But just because something happened that we didn't like, we kept our heart right. You keep your heart right. I need a little help. Keep a fresh supply of the Holy Ghost. Somebody says, well, what does that mean? That means if you're not praying, you're not full of the Holy Ghost. That means if you're not a person who spends time seeking God, your vessel will leak. It will run out on you. Amen? And when people have that, they're like Lake Halbert. I'll leave it alone. I see y'all got it before. Y'all are on the ball today. You see, uh, are there biblical examples of what I'm trying to say? Well, Jonah. Old brother Jonah. But guess what? Look here. Jonah finally got it straightened out. But when I say Jonah, all you remember is a big fish belching and vomiting him out on dry land. But what you can't overlook is that he got it right later. And he preached a revival and gave a whole city a, a month's notice and the whole town got saved. So if you have a bad spirit, you can pray it out of you and God can still use you. Woo! Come on and give God a little praise. Then there was Miriam, that's Moses' older sister, and she went up and looked at Miriam, or she went up and looked at Moses, big sis did, and she folded her arms in pious religion and said, 
Do you think you're the only one around here that God speaks to? He talks to us too. And Miriam had a hard time. Didn't work out good for her. Because she never got it right, I don't guess, because she died of leprosy. Then you got old Elijah. He got it bad for a little while. And he looked at God and said, won't you kill me? Don't ever call me to do anything else again. I'm tired of all this stuff. I don't want any more of it. And you know what God said? Elijah, you figured up. And your calculator has a dead battery. You had all those buttons and it came up with one at the bottom. And I figured the same thing and mine came up with 7,000 true men. Y'all need to clap. Say amen. Y'all need to get it. Praise God. So the Spirit of God in us will help us. Everybody say amen. And some of the greatest years of your life can be spent serving people. Pray that God makes you big enough for the job you're called to and not for God to reduce the job down to your size. One more good shot right there. Somebody say amen. Man, I told you guys I had a big buckshot flying today, and it's going to be good stuff. You see, you're not supposed to have the job that God called you to do reduced down to you. You're supposed to pray that God will increase you to do that job. And, and, And take care of your business spiritually first. Pray. And then the next thing you need to do is pray. And then the next thing you need to do is pray. And you don't ever stop praying. And then after that, you take care of your business financially. And you don't live beyond your means. And you walk full of the Holy Ghost. And you do your best to have a good name in society because the Bible said a good name should rather be chosen than all the money in the world. And then the next thing, you'll be prepared physically to do the job that God called you to do. And do you know that God calls us from every spectrum and every realm that there is out there? And since God does that, and He does it regularly, and He always will do it, remember this. And that is that God is not going to fail. He's not going to turn you down. He's not going to hurt your feelings. He's not going to do all those other things. He's on your side. And I've heard famous preachers say, and I've read it, that God has called me to preach. And they would say, I would not give up the ministry and step down from my call to become even the president of the United States of America because if I stopped preaching and became the president, it's a step down. Amen. And what scares me that we got things going on in our society today like this corona stuff. And, and, you know, it's a big item nowadays. It really is. I mean, I got to where I hadn't watched the news in about a week because I turned it on to get 30 minutes of it. And then I said, okay, I've already heard all that. And I heard it again. I heard it again. I kept hearing it. So I skipped the news now. And uh, I just do what they told us to do early on. Would you say amen to that? But what scares me, kids, listen here. It's going to be mighty bold. It's going to be mighty big. Teenagers, listen. What scares me is that probably about 35 years ago, a woman had an abortion, and that one she aborted would have probably been a scientist that would come up with a cure for cancer, AIDS, COVID-19, SARS, Legionnaire's disease, H1N1 virus, and all those things. But the one that may have had the answer to that was aborted out of the womb of a woman in all probability. Somebody said, you're being way too bold. I'm sorry if you believe that. But I'm not going to back down, and I'm not being a smart aleck. I'm trying to tell you that in order for us to have a future, we've got to get this heart thing fixed and not get the bitterness and act like Lake Halbert and live for Jesus Christ and let God have His way every day of your life, everywhere you go. Amen.
And by the go ahead and give God another hand clap. And by the way, if you're called to preach, I'm preaching to you too. Because I've been through it and I'm telling myself the same thing. Every spectrum of humanity is going to come around you in your circle of ministry. You're not going to be able to weed out people. You're not going to be able to weed them out. If God sends somebody to you, God sent them to you. You don't need to get rid of them. You need to do what you can. If you can't help them, then that's, that's their problem, not yours. That's their problem, not yours. And you listen to this. I outlined this part of this sermon exactly about somewhere close to 47 years ago. And I dug it out this morning. Listen to this carefully. You see, every spectrum of humanity where you'll come in contact with sooner or later. You'll deal with spiritual-minded people and also carnal-minded people at the same time. There's going to be somebody walk by you that's going to be so full of the joy of the Lord. Every time you shake their hand, they're going to go, Woo! I feel Jesus! You know. Then you're going to walk by somebody else, and when they shake your hand, you're going to feel like you've got the North Pole in your right hand. I mean, just leave me alone and get out of my way. That, that's all out there. You can't change that. But you can keep your heart right. Up here, all the way around. Amen? Now, now watch this. Some will be generous to you. And others will be stingy. Amen? Some will be as sweet as they can be, and others will be hateful. That's just the way it is. That's life. You don't walk out and give up on Jesus Christ. You see, the appreciative and the unappreciative will sit on the same pew. Amen? By the way, if we don't have church on any Sunday or whatever coming up, uh, that's not going to hurt our church financially because everybody here that's genuinely saved, you, you'll go online and pay your tithes or you'll bring it by the office or you'll do something because, you know, just because you're not here doesn't mean you're not going to be obedient to God. Amen? <laughs> it's so crazy. What, five years ago? Before Michael became lead pastor, one Sunday we dismissed the church because it was icy. People called our house, Brother Gary, Brother Gary, we got ice, we got ice, we can't go to church, oh, Brother Gary. Uh, you know, and it just went on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And, and, and so we dismissed one Sunday. And on the middle of that afternoon, Michael and I went out to Walmart together. And I had a four-wheel drive. I thought, well, let's just go out there. You know, everybody you know, didn't have church, so we drove out there. I saw what, 30 of our people walking around in Walmart? Walking around out there, walked across the icy parking lot, drove down the icy highway, and we saw them, here's what they'd do. Is that you? So, you know, really and truly, we're old, I'm old, and, and I'm some dumb, but not plumb dumb. But we got some of this figured out. Would you say Amen. So if you're really saved, it's not going to hurt us, right? Kind men and mean people will need your help, right? The humble and the proud will fill the same choir. Some will be sensitive and yet another very indifferent. And everybody's going to react different to your life and your leadership. So when God calls you and places you and God does this, now, and I'm going to get to that part and then I'm going to wrap up here you know, in the next like hour and a half. No, I'm kidding. But, but shortly, I'll, I'll wrap this up. But what I'm trying to convey to you is you pray to God. God, help me fill the building. We need people here. I need, I need people, God. And then God's going to remind you of the time that Jesus went into the temple and cleared it out instead of filled it up. That's a shocker, isn't it? Uh, there will be a Levi. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's of the priestly tribe. And you know what he's going to do for you? He'll make a feast for you. And then there's another guy in the Bible called Ornesiphorus. And that guy, Paul said, when I went by his place, he refreshed me. Come on, isn't it beautiful? When you walk in Christ, what he can do for you? You also know that Quartus... Paul said, will be your brother. I don't know anybody named Quartus, but that guy was. But then there was Demas, and he forsook and went on his way. And there was Alexander the coppersmith, 
that Paul said, he did me much evil. But if you'll be faithful to God, there will be a Lydia that will give heed to your admonition. Somebody will show up and break an alabaster box of ointment for you. Come on. And then there will be a spiritual daddy around like Paul. And he'll put a gospel truth in your heart that will live inside of you and never die. And Herod will listen to your sermon on Sunday morning and call for your head on Monday to be cut off. And you'll have Luke, the beloved physician, who will minister to your heart while there's another guy named Gaius in the Bible that will constantly love you and support you and stand by your side. And there will be a pilot who will never be able to make up his mind, but there will be a Dorcas who will go to her closet and pray and get her sewing machine out and sew drapes for the parsonage and, uh, and uh, uh, coats for the kids that can't afford them. But don't forget Timothy. He had third-generation faith, and he knew it was worthwhile because God would never forsake him as long as he keeps his heart right. Come on and give God a great praise right now. Come on, body of Jesus. Give God a big praise. you got to keep the heart right. Amen. Now, do not become, as Jeremiah said, a brutish minister who will scatter a flock. And that's Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 21, if you want to verify that. Now, I want everybody to listen to this. You're grown. You know what I'm talking about. God did not call you to keep everything on an even keel. Life is not going to be turbulence free. But that is not a reason. It is not a reason to walk out on Jesus Christ. Amen. Life is full of peril, nerve problems, Heart trouble, physical exhaustion, mental frustration. For that reason, many become weary and are satisfied to live on the past experience. Just talk about what I used to be, what I used to be, Lord. Well, God's still got a future for you. When you get my age, there's still a future. By the way, my phone's still ringing. Johnson, can you come preach? Johnson, we need you. And we'll buy you an airplane ticket. Will you, will you come do this? Will you come do that? You don't have to get old and worn out. Amen. God can still use you in Jesus' name. Christ called us to claim our place in Him. He says continue to conquer and move forward, and there must not become a slackening of the momentum in what God has called you to do. And that's extremely valuable for the body of Jesus. And here are four perils of every spirit-filled life and leadership. Now, and I'm talking to young people because there's leadership just stacked level full right over there on, on those pews. And if any other young person might be in this house, right over there is leadership like crazy. I'm telling you, it's there. And if you don't believe that, look at my right on the on the second end of that bench, on the second bench on the end. And there's Caleb and Ingrid. And ten years ago, they had no clue they'd be youth presidents over what 55 or 56 churches in East Texas and traveling and preaching the Word of God. Ten years ago, you had no clue. But you you, you got to keep the Spirit right. Got it? You guys know that. Amen. Uh, but listen to it. Here are four perils. This is a big one. It's the peril, the peril of man worship. Because when people start worshiping you instead of God, it's bad. And I, I've seen people... Say, look, I'm going to say something right now that some of you won't get. Most of you will get it. Some of you that are really diligent in this, you'll, you'll write this down. You probably never will live the rest of your life without remembering it. You'll always remember this. The more your people love you, the less you have to be right. The more people love you, the less you have to be right. You can get out there and blunder and foul up and make mistakes and all that kind of stuff, and they say, Oh, that's just the way he is. We just love him. We just love him. It's okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. We have to walk above that. We got to. We what did my football coach used to say? He said, "Suck it up, guys. Come on, suck it up." 
This is the fourth quarter. We're three points down. Look, we're going to need you guys. We're going to need you. In Corsicana High School, in the football program, I'm going to tell you a true story. It won't mean a whole lot to a lot of you because you weren't around in those days. We had a quarterback in our town. And, uh, uh, and, and I think his name was Gary Roman. Uh, did I get that right? Some of y'all been around a long time. In Corsicana High School, one state. And they had a, a running back. Uh, and uh, uh, and his, his name was Cagle. Uh, and uh, he, he was a championship running back. They, these guys all signed contracts with the SMU to play football at Southern Methodist. And, uh, and they went on to bigger and better things. And, and one day when the quarterback was hurt, and it was a semifinal, the next game from the state championship for Carson County to play Dumas High School for the state championship, our quarterback got hurt. And the team sucked it up. And when they sucked it up, I mean, they said, okay, we've got to win this state championship. We're, we're, we're three minutes left in this game right now, and next week we get the chance to win the title. And the number one quarterback came back limping on his leg and said, Coach Acre, Coach Acre's got a statue down in town on the right, got a football in his hand. Some of you kids need to go down and look at that. Okay, this is the guy I'm talking about. He had a football in his hand right down on that statue. And do you know that he looked at he looked at that quarterback, and he said, "No, you're you're injured. You wait." And he said, "Please let me go in." Man, we're backed up against the we're backed up. We cannot score. The 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 second string quarterback has no experience. Let me in the game. And he yelled and screamed at the coach, and Coach Acre yelled at him, and went on and on. And finally, coach said, sit down. And the quarterback said, why? And he said, because next week, I'm going to need you in Dumas. We're going to win today. You don't think so, but we're going to win. And I'm going to need you next Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock in Dumas, Texas. And the second string quarterback got under the center. And he threw a pass. And somebody ran it 30 yards. And the next guy got one. And they ran uh, uh, Kegel up the middle. And then somebody else and somebody else. And Cody Sherrod kicked an extra point. And we won that game with a clock running out. And we won state the next week. Look, look, when you're hurt, when something's gone wrong, when it, excuse English, when it ain't right and you don't know what to do, look, don't get out. We are going to need you. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands? Hallelujah. We're going to need you. We need you to stay in the game. Everybody say amen. The next peril is negligence of spiritual living. You quit praying, going to church, and quit reading your Bible, you'll backslide. You will. Don't do it. Amen. The third peril is green-eyed jealousy of somebody around you that you don't like and you get in an argument with them and you quit church where they did me wrong, that's, that's a peril. And that will knock leadership clean out of your life and you will not be able to be a leader. Because every time the devil sees that in somebody else, he'll send them right to you and he'll keep pounding you out every time he gets a chance. Somebody's got to hear what I'm trying to say today. Listen to this last one here. The peril of substituting results for the Holy Ghost. And that's when you get good at your job and you can perform. But the anointing of the Holy Ghost is not there and you're doing it on self-energy and self-talent. Forgive my bluntness. Forgive my bluntness. There's not a human in this house that a Christian can deny what I'm saying right now is not true. Something has got to take place in the body of Jesus Christ where we make up our mind. Where we make up our mind. Okay, here's that little wrap-up, I promise you. I've got a couple things written down here with my ballpoint pen. Somewhere in the Sunday school class this morning, a Frankie, a Peggy, a Barbara, 
uh, a Dan, myself, all those kids' classes, a Chip and a Lily at a kids' church. Somewhere in all of the church today, today, God gave you something that will sustain you for your future. There are no wasted church services here. There are no wasted church services here. We don't waste church services. Wednesday is a good time for you to hear the word. Sunday a.m. and p.m. We're not wasting church services. Perhaps in an obscure home in the country. Probably in a college classroom where in some secular university a professor has taught something about the last day harvest and doesn't believe in it and tries to wean you away from your, quote, religious past and your parents' quote, so-called faith. And I'm telling you, man, it's out there in those secular universities. Somewhere by steel mill furnace, somewhere flying a jet airplane over the Mideast right now, Somewhere in these altars this morning, and I can't name all of you, okay, but a Tanner, a Trey, an Addison, a Tory, a Charlie Rose, a Riley, a Claire, a Mackenzie, a Kelsey, and her brothers, a Maddie, an Audrey, somebody, a Philadelphia, the Dickerson boy. It just goes on and on in there. Amen. Megan, all you guys, all you pretty little girls over there, and I didn't call your name. Are you hearing me? Amen. Somewhere, God is going to place you in, plug you in. And it ain't going to always be easy, but it will always be makeable. And the power of the blood of Jesus and a prayer life and walking into the house of God with a four-pound Bible under your arm and a ballpoint pen and yellow highlighters and sit down and take notes and read the Word and pray and get mad at the devil and kick him on the shin bones. Amen. Every day of your life and be full of the Holy Ghost and the power of God Almighty and go to the altars and pray people through and go to the altars allow the Holy Ghost to have His way and go to the altars and pray for your lost family and go to the altars and let God have His way and you get a summer job and you write a tithing check. Come on and say Amen. And you work somebody's yard and you get out there and mow grass and you make 50 bucks and you put $5 in an offering for tithes. You don't ever stop. You do it in the name of Jesus and God's going to raise up a church in our future that'll never die, never quit, never go down, never go under, but it'll go up in the rapture. Hallelujah. With the power of the living God who'll never fail you. He is still God and He's on the throne. And you can make it if you'll keep your heart right. But you've got to keep your heart right. Mm. And by the way, I just got my heart rate up. And bless God, I'd do it again. Now, before they play music, don't start yet, okay? I'm one of the old ones. Prayer is what you want, whether you know it or not. Pray at traffic signals. Amen. I want everybody to hear this. This is not mine. I'm going to read it to you. Next time I use it, I'm going to act like it's mine. Time that's with you and God shut in. You're going to have to grab this. We'll solve every problem, answer every question, calm every fear, dispel every worry, heal every hurt, and satisfy every longing. It'll meet every need. It'll settle every dispute. It'll destroy every doubt. It'll fill every hunger. Prayer makes conquerors out of weaklings. 
It makes lovers out of people who hate. It makes world changers out of nobodies. Prayer will still bring light to your day, joy to your heart, peace to your mind, strength to your faith. Prayer is your lifeblood. It will make the impossible become possible. It will give you the authority over demons, victory over sin, boldness to be a witness. Prayer, listen, in prayer, you don't find an answer. You find the answer, and the answer is still Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on and give God glory. Everybody in this house, get on your feet and give God glory right now. Praise God forever. Amen. Okay, guys, come on. Hallelujah. Well, somebody say amen. I don't know if you need to pray about this or not or just go home and chew on it. It might do us good to go chew on it for a little while, to eat it for a little while. It might do you some good to... Did, did, y'all, did y'all do the CD on this today? You did? I can't see that far. Okay, they did. I really can't. I, I saw him put his hand up. And... uh I don't know what it's going to take. But I know what is necessary to keep you from all those things that will siphon your victory. For all those things that will pull the joy out of your life. Everybody in this house, lift up your right hand and say out loud, I will keep a right spirit. Because it will keep me in Christ. Amen. Would anybody like to walk up here, young or old, mom or dad, retired, trying to get enough money to retire, middle age, job situation, lost loved one, walk right down this aisle and get here today and stand for a moment. Focus your eyeballs right through that ceiling to the throne room of God Almighty and say, this is my hour in the name of Jesus. I'm going to get it right today. Here they come. Here they come. Just keep on coming all you want. For those of you that have an urgent need that you have to leave, I fully understand. I have no problem with you having to go. Uh, I, I don't mind that a bit, but all of you that can, come on, make it count today. Make it count today. Amen. Make it count today. La I confess. La 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 my heart.